0: This This is is Len and Jeff from Baseball and and Barbecue, barbecue. and the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and and what's what's going going down down on the farm, farm. it's It's Mets Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep Keep the faith, faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with With Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello, everybody. It is a bittersweet day. Here in Mets Nation, as today, David Wright told us literally told us that he was going to retire. But a big caveat, he will play one more time. September 2019 he will put on the uniform and take the field and play as a New York Met. And if you've listened to this show all year, this is exactly the scenario that I suggested some time ago. I don't know whether or not the Mets listen to this show, but uh, I am very glad that they are doing something for the captain. There is also a chance that he could pinch hit in between. He will be reactivated on September 25th. And we'll start 29th. He could pinch hit in those games. As he said, if there's a uh, a slow-throwing lefty uh, for Atlanta, who will be in before the 29th, which is uh, the Marlins series, the last series of the season, next to last game of the year. Now, I had suggested the final game of the year. They chose to uh, do it this next to last game of the year, but um, David Wright will play one more time, will start one more time as a New York My- Met. Now, he never really said the word retirement. Not at all. He said he addressed his teammates, and he said, To my teammates, coaches, and staff, it's certainly been the honor of a lifetime to take the field with you and serve as your captain. A very emotional David Wright, a very emotional press conference, as he thanked several people, including his family and his wife, and made a point of saying that his main goal was to come back to wear the uniform one more time so his daughters could see him play as a major leaguer. Now, it's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, his oldest daughter is two years old. His youngest is three months, so don't know how much they will remember, but they will be there, and they will be seeing their dad play one more game as a New York Mets. And as I said, Wright will be active for one final homestand. He said he can't see any possibility where his career continues beyond 2018. The way I feel right now, from everything that the doctors have told me, there's not going to be any improvement, he said. I don't see that as a possibility. So David Wright will not be back in 2019, at least not as a player. I can envision down the road that the Mets bring David Wright back as a uh, scout, a special assistant, uh, maybe even a coach of some sort, uh, maybe even a manager. He did say in his press conference that he went when he went to his rehab assignment at in the minor leagues that uh, he enjoyed it immensely, talking to the young kids and um, listening to what they had to say and giving them tips and and all kinds of things like that. So perhaps there is a possibility that uh, in the future he would like to coach or manage even. And I think that he would be very good at that. Only time will tell. He'll probably want to go home talk it over with his wife and work out what they want what he wants to do with his life and now's really the kind of time to do it because he has young children they can travel with him still um, his wife can travel with him the children, there's no school issues or anything like that yet another couple of years so if he wanted to go in that direction uh, now would be the perfect time uh, let's see. In 13 seasons with the Mets, David Wright was a seven-time All-Star. He hit 296 with 242 homers, 390 doubles, 970 RBI, and 949 runs scored. Among the all-time Mets record records, Wright's right holes are hits, 1,777 doubles, total bases – 2,665 uh, RBI and run score. He is second all-time in homers behind Daryl Strawberry, who has 252. So what will David Wright's legacy be with this team? In my mind, he will go down as perhaps one of the greatest Mets ever to put the uniform on. Strong statement, I know, but he's at least in the top five. The greatest has to be Tom Seaver, hands down. I don't think there's a question about it. Uh, Mike Piazza has to be in that top five, maybe even two or three, both Hall of Famers. David Wright's going to fit in there somewhere. Not only, not only for what he did on the field. But what he has done for this organization off the field, as well as what he has done for the game of baseball. Remember, he was one year, not too long ago, I think it was 2014, he was the face of Major League Baseball. And a lot of people will argue and say, why did they sign him to that large contract? He didn't deserve it. He was getting old. He had some injuries at the time. I have no problem with the Wilpons signing him to that large contract. He earned that contract. I know he hasn't played in the last few years, but he earned that contract for what he did on the field and what he meant to this team with him and Jose Reyes. They lost Jose Reyes. They couldn't afford to lose David Wright. And if anybody thinks that being an ambassador is no big deal, it is. I harken back to the All-Star game when it was at City Field, and the amount of work that he did for the organization for that game, Major League Baseball owes him a debt of gratitude because he was all over the place. He was all on every interview in New York, every TV station, every radio station, He was in the home run derby. He was all over the place. How he even played that game with the schedule he had that week or two, I I don't know. But he has always been the nicest and truly a gentleman of the game. And we shouldn't take these things lightly. It plays a big part of a guy's career. We will miss David Wright. Now, perhaps the fact that He has been injured and has been absent from playing. It's a little easier to take that he won't be there. We've all kind of uh, brought ourselves to realize that he won't be back. But still, it's a sad day to see someone so young, so talented have to quit the game because of an injury, too. It's one thing to go out on your own terms, but to be forced because of a medical thing, and the medical thing doesn't go away. He'll have that the rest of his life. He'll have to deal with that. But hopefully it's a little easier when he's not trying to prepare for the rigors of a Major League Baseball game. As I said, it's, it's a sad, sad day in Mets land. We will miss the captain. And he'll miss us. But I'm happy that he, that it's come to this decision. And you know what? Let's give the Wilpons some credit. I know everybody hates the Wilpons and don't want to give them some credit. But they gave him every opportunity. They allowed for him to make the decision. And they gave him every chance in the book to try to come back. And he worked so hard and so long to try to come back. And we've spoken about this in the past. It was just a matter of time before he realized that a 35-year-old body, especially one that's been through what he's been through the last few years, Just can't do it anymore. And we heard rumblings of it in spring training. We kind of knew. But he still wanted to do it. He still wanted to push. And he's pushed all season. And now the realization that it's not going to get any better. And he says it was a struggle. even in the rehab games, it was agony is the word I think he used. So the Mets are doing the right thing. They're giving him that one more chance of glory or just a chance to stand there. He says, I just want i want to run out and kick third base, talk to the umpires, and wear that uniform one more time. And he will do that on September 29th. And I would expect that, Paul Park to be packed to the rafters for that. And I expect next year we'll find the announcement that David Wright is going into the Mets Hall of Fame. And while you're at it, why don't you just retire number five because nobody else deserves to wear that number anymore. That's David Wright. And to me, he has meant that much to this organization, this franchise, and deserves to be honored in that way. So we'll get to see David Wright. One more time. One more time. At least. Again, they could use him as a pinch hitter. But we get him to see him start one more time. September 29, 2018. will go down as David Wright. Last game. Last start and we'll be back after this looking for great cardinals talk then check out conversations with c70 my name is daniel shofton i talk with some of the great blockers on the internet today about their teams but it always goes back to the cardinals find the latest episode on my website www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 5166196341 that is the comment To do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. All right, we're back, and uh, there are other Mets news. Of course, the Mets are in the middle of a doubleheader that they're playing tonight against the Miami Marlins. They won the first game 4-3 to on a Michael Conforto and Todd Frazier back-to-back home runs in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. Very exciting ending. They look dead in the water. Conforto comes through, ties the game in the ninth. Todd Frazier comes up right after him. Belts went out to left field. Mets win 4-3. to They won last night 13-0 behind Zach Wheeler. Lost the night before, of course, Jacob DeGrom pitch, so they did not score many runs for Jacob, but they lost 5-3 to Miami. Um, they are currently in the seventh, leading 3-2 Miami. If they hold on to win this, they will win another series. Um Playing some decent ball. And I'm going to say something here that maybe uh, people aren't going to like, but Mickey Calloway either has turned the corner or how can we put this? Uh, Mickey Calloway has been a different manager and a better manager since Sandy Alderson left. Think about that. I wonder how much he was influenced or leaned on by Sandy Alderson to do certain things. And now he's free of that. And uh, doing, playing more small ball, guys are bunting, there's some hit and runs going on, guys are getting the hits. Of course, Jeff McNeil's in every day, and he's been tearing it up. Conforto is definitely healthy now, and he's been tearing it up. Todd Frazier came back from the disabled list. They got guys back from the disabled list. Maybe that helped. Uh, Ahmad Rosario has finally found himself, I think, in August. He had a great August. Um, Dom Smith is starting to show something both at bat and with the glove starting to show the promise that we heard about, but he did not do in his other trips to the major leagues. So Dom Smith is causing a problem here. (laughs) If you will, with with Alonso wanting to come up in the minors, and with a little bit more on that later, uh, and uh, Jay Bruce maybe playing some first base, and now all of a sudden Dom Smith is throwing his hat back in the ring. So interesting stuff, and you know maybe that's not all bad because maybe that's going to inspire competition. And maybe that's going to push guys a little bit. Going to be an interesting offseason. Maybe somebody gets moved. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, going to be a, a fascinating, interesting offseason. And the New York Mets announced on Tuesday that longtime public relations man Jay Horowitz will be shifted to a new role in the organization after 39 years in the position. Horowitz, 72, has held the position of vice president of media relations for New York since 1980. He will now head the newly created alumni relations department. Horowitz has been entrenched in the franchise for nearly four decades through many different general managers, managers, coaches, players, and even new owners. So, um... Jay Horowitz is going to be moving on. Uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past, and I've talked about it on some other shows. That maybe uh, it, it's time for him at the age of seventy two to move on. Uh, maybe you need some younger blood in there, in in the public relations. and And I know how well loved he is, and and all of this, uh, but you know, there comes a time for everyone. And this may be an excellent idea because the the, the Mets need something better with alumni relations, and he's always been good with the other players and and the older players, and as I said, they all love him, the players. So maybe this is a good thing for him to start this alumni relations department and reach out to a lot of those old players that, frankly, uh, sometimes the Mets forget about. It's nice when you see the old players at the ballpark. You see Ed Cranepool walking around or, uh, you know, Art Shamsky, guys in the 69 team and, um, you know, even the guys in the 86 team. I mean, that's great. People want that. That's the history. That's the core of your your franchise. That's what the franchise is all about. Your history is what your franchise is all about. And other teams embrace their franchise so much. We don't even have a statue. There should be a statue of Tom Seaver outside of City Hall. There should be a statue of Gil Hodges. Casey Stangle. Gary Carter. Mike Piazza. So many. There are enough guys. David Wright should get a statue now. But you can't put any of them out there until you get one for Seaver or Hodges or Casey. And let's hope that they do go in that direction and embrace their history more. It's a great history, even as far as the 62 Mets. Embrace it. They were lousy, but they were lovable. We love the sixty-two Mets. There's still a warm spot in play in, in fans' heart. If you were around in those days, when you mentioned a player from the 62 Mets that was was a cast off from 20 other teams and he ended up with the Mets. But did something heroic, Hot Rod Keneal, Tim Harkness, grand slam. People remember these things. Jim Hickman went on to be an all-star with the Cubs. Jay Hook, Ken McKenzie, Al Jackson, Roger Craig, They still have a spot in the heart of the Mets fans' heart if you were around in those days. So embrace it. Those guys are, you know, they're in the 80s now. And they never really embraced it as much as they should have. Don't run from it. It's your history. And we should always embrace our history, good, bad, or ugly. It's what makes us tick. And, well, you know, not to mention statues, but the first statue that should be there and I know my friend Michael LeColin would be happy, should be Joan Payson. What honors have we given to Joan Payson at all? Bill Shea we named the stadium after. But Joan Payson never got anything. Yes, she's in the Mets Hall of Fame. But that's it. Mrs. Payson, let me tell you, she sat in the polar grounds and chase Stadium next to that dugout for practically every home game till she died or until she got so sick she couldn't go to a game anymore. She was there. She loved the players. And thank God that she she lived and got a World Series championship. She loved these guys. She loved baseball. She was so brokenhearted when the Giants left New York, and she wanted to bring New York baseball back and played a major role in helping Bill Shea with that. And yet there's nothing about Mrs. Payson anywhere. It's time to honor these people. It's time to draw back the curtain on your history and tell it proudly to everybody. Kids today the NF fans, they're not gonna know who Joan Payson is. And she was such a vital part of this organization. So let's put a statue up for her and let's embrace our history, good, bad, or indifferent. As first reported by the New York Post, the team has asked Terry Collins, talking about history, to assume a larger role in the front office. In a right role, the former manager could be a strong asset for any GM. According to uh, Paul DeBotesta who once called him an absolute star in player development. Collins has not yet decided what to do and won't likely do so until ownership chooses a GM or president of baseball operations. There are simply too many variables still in play, including a mystery of who he would report to. So uh, uh, Terry Collins is still hanging around there, and um, good for him. Good for him. He was a company man, and he went out and took a lot of crap from everybody during his tenure as manager. And I'm glad he didn't get he didn't kill a man, and I hope he's in excellent health, and I hope he lives another 30 years, and I hope he works for this organization for another 30 years. God bless him. God bless Terry Collins. Terrific guy and didn't deserve all the crap he got. All right, let's take a quick break and I got to take a drink and we'll be back right after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune into Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play and baseballtalkradio.com along with Mets Musings and other great baseball podcasts. Okay, uh, as I said a quick message and the uh, uh, I love baseball and barbecue by the way. They just did a great show uh about uh, guys that are in the hall of fame and um uh, and major leaguers that had shortcomings um physical uh shortcomings um I'm, I'm sorry guys i'm not explaining this right just go listen to it it's a great episode as they all are uh and as i say i the only problem i have is i'm always hungry after that episode The New York Mets have announced the 2018 Sterling Award winners. The Mets give out a Sterling Award, which recognizes the top performing prospect or MVP at each level of their organization. Additionally, the Mets give a Sterling Award to the top position player and pitcher across all levels from the past year and player of the year. Was Peter Alonzo, first baseman, Binghamton in Las Vegas, 285, 31 doubles. uh, Let's see. uh, 36 home runs and 109 RBI. Um, Pitcher of the year was Justin Dunn. Uh, St. Lucie and Binghamton, he was 8-8 eight eight with a 3.59 ERA. Numbers don't sound that great, but believe me, he was dominating at times. Uh, Las Vegas the Sterling Award winner was Drew Gagnon, 7-6 with a 4.40 ERA. Binghamton Sterling Award winner was Jeff McNeil. He hit three forty two with 19 home runs and 17 RBI and continues to rake like that at the Major League level. St. Lucie Sterling Award winner was Andres Jimenez, 281, six home runs, 46 RBI. Columbia Sterling Award winner was David Peterson, left-handed pitcher, 7-10, and 10, with a 3.16 ERA. But again, you can't always go by the numbers in the minor league, especially for pitchers. A lot of it is their progression. And he, he was dominating in certain games. So let's not uh, get hung up on that. Uh, in Brooklyn, Ross Adolph was the Sterling A award winner with a 276 ad. ad- Average, seven home runs, 34 RBIs. In Kingsport, Luis Santana, second base, 348, four home runs, 35 RBI. Gulf Coast, Ronnie Mauricio, shortstop, 273, three home runs, 35 RBI. The Dominican Summer League, one, Andres Regno, a catcher, 333. Nine home runs, 45 RBI. And in DSL 2, Christopher Dominguez, a left-handed pitcher. He was 7-1 and one with a 1.84 ERA. The Community Service Award went to Marcel Renteria. Shockingly, we did not see the name Jared Kellnick there, the sixth overall pick. From this year's draft, he was not named a Sterling Award winner. While he had the numbers for it, I think he only played 12 games for the Gulf Coast before joining a Kingsport team who had a lot of candidates. So that's probably uh, uh, why he did not get it. And of all the Sterling Award winners, um, Luis Santana was the only repeat winner being the recipient for the award last year with the DSL Mets, too. So uh, congratulations. Looking at last year's list, four of the recipients, Dominic Smith, Corey Oswald, Ahmed Rosario, Luis Guillerme, have made their major league debut between last season and this one. This year, Gagnon and McNeil have made their debuts, certainly with the way they have played this year. The debuts of Alonzo Dunn and Jimenez are possibly on the horizon, awards for each player will be given or were given, I should say, in a pregame ceremony yesterday. So um, congrats. To uh, those players, it's uh, quite an honor to be named. It's like a player of the year MVP type of deal, so congratulations to them. And Peter Lunzel spoke to reporters at City Field on Wednesday, and while he clearly is still not thrilled of the Mets' The decision to not call him up he said he understands why the Mets reached that decision I spoke with Omar Minaya and he basically told me it was nothing pers- personal it was really just a business decision and an organizational decision I mean I respect that and I am just going to conti- keep continuing to get better better Jeez. Uh, Alonzo, 23, was at the ballpark t- yesterday receiving his 2008 Sterling Organizational Player of the Year that he was announced as the winner of uh, after his impressive season split between AA Binghamton and AAA Las Vegas. The first baseman told the media that he will use this decision as a motivation in the offseason. I know it's going to happen, I just need to continue to get better and just keep proving I can do it every single day. The Mets cited that Alonso needed improvement defensively and a lack of playing time as reasons not to call Alonso up to September. However, it's far more likely it is about business, given the fact that the Mets can gain an extra year of control if they do not add him to the 40 man roster before the end of April in 2019 and avoid Alonzo reaching Super Two status if they keep him in the minors until the end of June. And 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 look, there's a good chance of that. As I said, Dom Smith is is making a case for Dom Smith. They have Jay Bruce, who can play they said is gonna play more first base. The thing that that, that plays for Alonzo is he's a right-handed hitter. So it gives them, you know, it, it, you could look at it that if they wanted to do what they were planning to do with Darno and Ploiecki, give them each, split them evenly. If you wanted to do that with Dom Smith and Alonzo, that would be a nice double threat there, I guess. I'm just saying. Um, a lefty and a righty. Um, he has, Alonzo has worked hard on his defense. He was working on it last year. We interviewed him in November. I believe it was, you can go check it out. Um, work was working on his defense. That was one thing he, he realizes he needs to improve. And you know what? If he goes to spring training, I'm sure he'll have a talk with Keith Hernandez, and Keith will give him some tips um it always seems to uh, work out that way and so and he's a hard worker this kid so i'm sure he will be working hard um on defense all offseason long so um it's a lot of footwork and stuff and try to do that maybe they try to make him into a third baseman i don't know that would be uh you know when Frazier's done, he can move right in there. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Anyway, a lot of stuff, man. Uh, held you on here long enough, so um, time to go. And remember to have a great week. Watch the Mets. They're going on the last road trip of the season, 10 games, Boston, Philadelphia. And Washington, I believe. And then, folks, they come home and that's it. That is it for New York Mets baseball for the season. Let me just look at the schedule here one more time. Yeah. Three in Boston, three in Philadelphia, four in Washington. Then they come home to play three with Atlanta and three with Miami. Folks, we only had 16 games left in the regular season. Holy cow, where did the time go? That's depressing. I'm not a big football guy, so that's depressing. All right, so we'll be back next week to talk about the Boston and the Philly and the uh, uh, Still holding on to that three to two. Well, my TV froze here. My phone froze, so I don't know what the, the score is now. It's three to two. Uh, trying to keep you up to date right to the end. Hey, it's live TV. What can I tell you? Five to two. I don't know how they got to that. Uh, but the Mets are ahead, five to two, in the top of the eighth. So keep your fingers crossed. A, uh, a sweep. All right, and remember, what do I want you to remember? I want you to have a good time this week. Watch some baseball because it's not going to be around much longer. Watch some Mets baseball especially. All right? And on top of everything else, I want you to keep the faith and stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. See you next time.